0: You know, I can cleanse and clear. You know, and a lot of it is intentional, you guys. So nothing without intention. Do nothing without intention. Okay. Cleanse and clear. Cleanse and clear. Cleanse and clear. Okay. Nothing without intention. Because without intention, then it's just plain old cologne.
1: Welcome, welcome. This is the Simply King podcast, and this is your boy Rodney Perry King himself, and you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious podcast for humans, simply being humans. And today is yet a special one, a very, very special one for so many great, beautiful reasons. I have not only a, I believe a, a my a fan favorite, but one of my favorites to not only breathe life into the world, but also. Bless me with her time and be on my show for now, the third time. I would like to introduce to you the very, very beautifully reoccurring, just being in this life of Simply King podcast, and that is the poetess, the wordsmith, the woman of just so many different things and so many different gifts. i like to bring y'all back to Knowing V. How you doing? I'm doing lovely. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You came to me, right? And I miss you. You know, I really do miss you. And I miss your energy. I miss speaking to you. And I think it's a reason why, you know, I believe people like me and you may not have to speak so often, but when we do, it's always something worth speaking about and worth listening to and worth exchanging. And I would love to know, kind of, before we get into a conversation, I guess, how you feeling, what's on your mind? What, what, cause I, I know I threw it at you, like, hey, we need to link, we need to talk soon, we need to get bring you back. And then you said something, and then we finally came into something, you said, we really got to, we really need to get this together. And I guess my, my my spirit was moved like, let me make sure <laughs> I get this together and link and do this. Because I don't know, I guess in that moment I felt it It was definitely something on your chest and I would love to know if it was.
0: There was a um, in heightened incline to kind of host a discussion with you that was basically, I think you and I both knew we needed to address. Mm-hmm. And there was a specific alignment in the universe that was like yeah it has to be done and um, I guess we can just cause it up to a series of events that led me to need to break some silence on a few things that I've been enduring understanding overstanding understanding and really having a discussion with someone who speaks through a like frequency and deliver some gems, I guess you like to call them, Mm. to the good people on this podcast.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, before we get too deep into the conversation, I would love to, because I feel like it's a moment, because the last time this artist, this woman put out something, it was a moment. And I think she definitely always kind of makes everyone pause and pay attention to her. And that's Solange Solange You know what I'm saying And she just put out a A Very 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 Thick Impactful And something that I still want to Unpack Of an Of a piece of work She just put out an album called When I Get Home Which I love I love the That she's been like Titling these things Like phrases You know Really really speaks to me But I would love to know if you listen to it and if you you don't even have to give me a, you know, a breakdown, but like, cause it's only been, you know, two days. What are your initial reactions to the album? If you listen.
0: I did have the opportunity to listen to it and I'm not particularly sure if it was my anti-social media lifestyle or maybe she just does this so subtle, but I was not expecting it, which kind of made it more anticipating because I happen to have been on Tumblr and I'm like, oh, these new pictures, the salon's dropping mad heavy. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I switch over to Instagram. I'm like, oh, snap, we got an album coming. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm too here for it. Mm-hmm. And then unbeknownst to me, it's been three years since the last album came off. I'm like, damn, I've been jamming to it that long.
1: That long. Still got hits.
0: Still got the hits. And um when I did have the opportunity to listen to it through and through, I was highly impressed. And... I think you described it best it is pretty thick and it is going to take some well thought deciphering to really get to the the simplicity of what the music is and i think that's important because needless to say between the you know having debbie allen on there and the few spoken word um, interludes that she had i'm like okay she she's she's trying to deliver A message and a a vision. And I'm really excited to, you know, dive into it more than the two days that I've had. Because the visuals went crazy, too. The visuals went crazy.
1: And I was (laughs) so, two things. Some of you said that reminded me and you gave me my perfect segue. I have not, I literally just changed from Apple Music to Title, So I cannot even see the visuals yet. So I'm a little pressed about that. But I'm fine. I'm still enjoying the music. But mm-hmm. when I seen that it's this uh, it's this girl on uh, Instagram who grew who like came to fame by the name of Zola Moon is an Instagram name. She's a writer and somewhat of an Instagram famous individual who got famous for t- like retelling this story of like her meeting this girl. Like she like evidently is like used to be a stripper or something like that. And she was telling this real crazy ass story of her like going to Miami just to like dance for a weekend and have a little good time. And it was just a really descriptive, crazy ass story. And it was just a tweet thread forever. Like it was really a moment. Like she went viral, all type of shit. People was like, they need to get this girl a book deal. Cause this, this is some hell of writing. And she's in some of the actual uh, visuals. Um, Like parts of the visuals. And I'm like, this is a cool connection. This is a cool little glow up. Like this is, if I'm going to go ahead and give me a first little major look, this is a good look. You know what I'm saying? With some real artistry. But it's something that you said about the interludes, right? Um, And just the size that she had throughout the album. I think I love the the use of interludes that Solange has. Because I think hers, other than other people, I feel like everyone else, Uses them almost in a way of like you know I got that heat I could have gave y'all like a a little joint but I'm gonna just give y'all a little sample of it you know what I'm saying <laughs> while with her hers are you know she's definitely on that kind of you know sket you know putting skits or better yet you know these kind of quick little relatable things that kind of bring you into the flow of the next song and it was one snippet just a one little clip from one of the interludes that really really touched me and it was. I can't remember the exact song that is after or between the songs that are in between, but it said, do nothing without intention. I don't know if you picked up on that. I did. And she said it again, do nothing without intention. And I, and that really, really touched me. Shout out to my brother, Jawanza Harris, who actually had an episode on, uh, uh, on Willis Cook's, uh, podcast, where he was talking about intention. And me and him have had several conversations about intention and how we both need to move with intention so much more than we have before. Because there were so many things that we missed out on. Even though we feel like we did is a great job and feel like we impacted our own lives and people around us and we felt like we were always coming from a genuine place when we were in school and just creating and just really f- living the life that we feel like we should. It was certain parts of those things that could have, you know, certain decisions that we could have made that could have made things really change for us, we believe. And we were just like, damn, that's interesting. But it's like it's a reason why we did not choose those things and now are coming to the place now with all the lessons that we learned in between that time to now move with an intention, move with intention of ourselves, move with intention of our ability, move intention of what we have to offer at this time and what we've now gained based off of that time. And I just really want to start this conversation about something that, you know, when we initially had, you know, you brought this to me, I think it's something about, you know, recognizing what is in you, recognizing your true ability, recognizing that inner power, that inner blessing, gift, whatever you would like to call it, your thing, you know what I'm saying? I would love to know Why is that something that was on you to want to speak about?
0: Over the course of what I want to acknowledge as um, my spiritual growth or elevation or, you know, how I evolved into becoming someone that is um, very clairvoyant and conscious of my surroundings, my interaction with my surroundings and how my presence can very well influence those around me. I had to acknowledge that with that comes the ability to attract and receive energy that you don't you know necessarily want to be around or surround yourself with mm-hmm. And it came about in a um, interesting conversation I hosted amongst. Both people I knew, knew of, and didn't know. But in the gist of the open conversation, it all came down to a very um, familiar recognition of our inner abilities Mm -hmm. as not only people and not only as melanated people, but people from different roots. And it kind of sparked this sense of, generalized reason to empower for se- for such recognition. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, what will someone who is semi not particularly into being the center stage, but has a message to give? How can they go about delivering said message when they're not a musician? They happen to be a poet, but they might not like to write that much. Or maybe to have stage fright. Yeah. And I thought of you. And I was like, if anybody I can have a conversation with, I can have a conversation with Rodney and he and I can, uh, we can really dish this out and have it reach the magnitude on the frequency to the people who will be able to not only hear it, but retain it and receive it. Because a lot of people can hear some things, but they can unintentionally rejected. And it could be out of ignorance. It can be out of fear. It can be out of a sense of, a heightened sense of not being ready to receive it, right? But regardless, it can be transmitted. And if I know anything, as long as I do my part, which has been bestowed upon me by my ancestors, then I've done my part. And I just hope that out of the genuine nature in which I deliver it, that it'll it'll be delivered and it'll be retained as truthfully and respectfully as it should be.
1: Uh, One thing that I've recognized throughout life is that there are certain things that need to be heard by people at certain times. And one thing that is trippy as hell to me is that Not only do we, I believe we ignore a lot. I feel like we ignore a lot when it comes to what we truly possess. And not only do we ignore, we devalue the thing that makes us extremely special. Because in some weird, terrible, some weird, terrible phenomenon we see a thing that sets us apart as the very thing that we shouldn't embrace about ourselves. And I think for myself, that's why I'm glad that you brought this conversation to me because it's something that I battled with for a long time in my life. Truly not wanting to recognize the light that was within me, the abilities that I feel like I had, because the people that were immediately around me were people who had these very outstanding and very obvious and very natural talents. Things came easy to him. Things were drawn to him. And it was never a point of of jealousy, but a point of like, why do they want to be around me? They're amazing. They're they're artistic. They're these creatives and all these different things. Yet I and, and in that moment I still yet did not see myself as a one that could call himself a creative. One that because of what my skill is, is something they just can't do, isn't something that people really appreciate, do they? Yeah, I can, you know, speak well or whatever. Yeah, I can get my point across and whatnot. But what does that really have anything? What value does that really have? That was how I thought for a long time. I, yes, I can actualize some type of idea. I could probably finish the idea before it comes out your mouth. But that is Nothing. That, what value does that really have? These are the things I was telling myself either actively or just in my own head. Until it came to the point to where I had to realize, damn. You are. And what you possess is. That is the very thing. This is why they're attracted to you. Because they actually see you as a creator, even if you don't see yourself as one. And the things that you possess, they admire about you just as much as you admire the abilities that they possess. That's why they come to you like, Rodney, how should I say this? Rodney, how would you deliver this? What do you think of this? I'm glad you like the way I did that. And I never seen it as something where they were, we were exchanging these. Gifts and these blessings and these powers and these things that were given to us, as you said, by our ancestors. And I don't have no clue which ancestor probably gave me this voice and bestowed all this ability to be somewhat charismatic on a mic or just being able to deliver a message the way that I do. But I thank them. And I think I would love to know, like. When it came to yourself, how. Did you get past ignoring those things? where is it because they kept appearing in your life to be things that you needed to use? What exactly was it?
0: I think part of it was, as you stated, well, before I get into that, I think as human beings, we have the ability to acquire a sense of adulation for people's potential mm. and With having that adulation, we're able to surround ourselves around them in both the intent to either bring forth that potential. Yep. And there are some people. And then within even yourself with that pure intent, we might even wish to either compromise or feed off that potential.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And in that same gist... When we don't have the ability to see within ourselves what other people see within us i think it comes down to that that complex between not seeing ourselves and the perceptions in which other people perceive us and what it came for me was simply outside of acknowledging but accepting there was a different type of originality about myself mm. And it came about after seeing my comfortability with simplicity, Mm -hmm. seeing the comfort I had with the way I did things or that I wasn't just, I wasn't just unique. I was original. And with that comes a certain type of, there's a certain way that you have to level your head and wear your shoulders and walk with that because we now live in a society where original can kind of, it leaves a bad taste in people's mouth, unfortunately.
2: Yes.
0: And moving forward with that, I had to accept that it, it did come with a certain amount of responsibilities and it came with a certain stigma that I had to sustain, but it wasn't hard. And when I, when I saw that it wasn't hard, it just came natural that's when I started to see the people around me that I was like, wow, why is this so easy for them? Or damn, they are really just naturally gifted. Mm -hmm. And it was because I was able to switch from a sense of categorizing and trying to label everything type of mentality and really just seeing things for what they were. And it was, it was just that person. They just owned their originality. And, for me, that became something that was important because although I didn't see what I was doing as being original, a lot of other people did. And a lot of other people began to put that sense of a mirror in front of me. Mm-hmm. And once I actually, you know, abandoned the fear to look at it, that's when I was able to really grasp the idea of owning my inner gifts and my outer gifts and everything else that came with being who I am. And aside from how I wanted to be perceived, how I was being perceived. And those things just started to naturally balance themselves out. And again, it just became effortless. And from and so from there, my life became effortless. Everything else just started to fall into place. Everything else just seemed... More so as an occurring thing out of love, out of, instead of just the way the chips fell. And a lot of people can see things in their perspective that, oh, these are just the hands that were dealt. Mm -hmm. But in some way you have a sense of control over those things that are come to you because it's the power of manifestation and we all have the power of manifestation. And within that alone comes a great amount of self-reflection, self-love, self-awareness. I mean, you and I touched on that when we did the last podcast that we had. Mm -hmm. And just having that singular conversation and understanding those different types of levels that you have to achieve in order to get to self-mastery, that's when you realize that there's a whole different sense of inner power that you have for everything that comes to you. And within that, I think one of the one of the most popular phrases that I've adapted for myself is to be gentle on my future self.
2: Mm.
0: And within that phrase, I realized that beneath everything that I am today, somewhere in before today, I made a decision that ultimately got me to where I am. And with accepting that and showing the appropriate amount of gratitude or, you know, really accepting everything for what it is or what it isn't, I would then am more cognizant of the decisions that I make because I may not have to deal with the consequences or the benefits of it now, but someday, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be in a few weeks, I'm going to have to deal with that in the future. And I always want to be very mindful of the things I do onto myself, onto others, onto the universe. Because I'm in some form or fashion I'm going to have to deal with that. And it may not even be in my lifetime. Who's to say that something I make I do today may not affect future generations?
1: More more about that later. I like that you said that. <laughs> And this is beautiful. This is such a beautiful conversation already. And but I really, I really think it's key. And I want anyone who's listening this to truly, truly take your time with this one. This ain't the one that you rush through. You might, you know, you might be listening to this on the way to work, at work. Bring this to the crib. Pour a glass of wine, light a spliff, whatever that you do, and listen and relax. If you just need some, you know, some good old water and just chill, put this on and, you know. Make sure you really take in everything that's being said, because I think it's definitely for it's definitely for you, whoever you are. I would like to continue this conversation by saying this. I think that it's beautiful that we're acknowledging that there is, that we're starting with them within. We're starting with you, starting that you have to recognize the things within yourself. You can't ignore the gifts that you possess. But... I do believe, and I, and I think it points to the fact that we have to admit that we are always in control of our destiny. What we, Where we are at that moment, where we're going to be in the future, it truly, truly is all within our hands. And I think that's a real, real hard truth for people to swallow. But I will, and I do think we are our biggest barrier when it comes to reaching a certain goal. But I will, will I, I will be remiss, especially when you're talking about black people, to say that we were our own, we, there weren't things that we didn't take up, things that we weren't influenced to bring into our own psyche, mind, spirit, and, and soul, to make us create these barriers within ourselves, create these barriers around us, uh, either within our thinking, either within our movements, either within just the way that we can truly have some sense of faith and hope within ourselves. So I wanted to ask you a question. This is something I've seen. Um, this, well, before I ask you that, I think that one thing, What I want to know what you think of, I believe that people do not challenge themselves enough. And more than anything, they don't challenge their beliefs enough. And it's something I've seen tweeted on Twitter that said, when was the last time? That was a great question. When was the last time you challenged your beliefs? And I leave that to be broad and open to, and take it as whatever way that you want to take it. But I believe that you have to, to reach a certain level, to reach a certain, quote unquote, mastery. You truly have to get to a place of where you see freedom within your mind, within your body and soul. So that way you can move in such a way that is truly liberating through and through. Got to feel good. Your mind got to be pure and good. And the way that you see fit, that's actually going to be able to keep your body flowing and going, but also feeding your soul, too. And I think a lot of concepts, a lot of ideologies, a lot of things that we align ourselves with, I feel like definitely kind of hold us back sometimes. And I would love to know, what do you think about people doing that? What do you think of, like, do you believe in doing that often to to reach this kind of, you know, kind of self-actualization? Or is it something that, you know, you kind of, you just got to, you know, something that you never even thought about doing, I guess.
0: If I'm speaking from a personal perspective, I will say that um, a lot of my ability to do that had to come from me relinquishing my ability to become complacent and comfortable with my growth. Mm. And I say that because at some point we do become fascinated when we begin to show gratitude for where we were and where we are. Yep. And, and, and a lot of times it comes with the whole new stigmatism of having instant gratification. Yep. And with instant gratification, we're like, oh, look, look what I did. Or you're instantly looking for the ability to be recognized and acknowledged. And I think for me, it came with having to do a lot of. Refraining from not only broadcasting that, but needing validation for doing that. Mm. And part of it had to be about being less acceptable of complacency and comfort yep. and more accepting of change. Because mm. a lot of people, I don't think, realize that they may have a reactive nature to change and it's called anxiety. Yep. And coming from someone who has terrible anxiety, I realized that within owning that I do have bad anxiety, I had to be able to identify what triggers it. And change was one of the things, but change is also a a synonym for evolution and elevation.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And if I wanted to be those things, I also had to take with me that. And within that sense of ownership, and taking that next step in my life, that's when I was able to really withdraw myself from things that were ultimately my beliefs because of things that I had began to see in other people. Mm-hmm. A lot of us take on certain sense of responsibility for other people's beliefs because it's all we know. Yep. And it's all we've seen. It's all we've been shown. It's all we've been molded to accept. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: But when you begin to have that sense of denial or questioning about some things, that's when you can, that's when you need to be like, aha, yeah, that's not me. And and it goes back to generating a sense of simplicity about your life. Because a lot of us carry the weight, a lot of weight on our shoulders that's not necessarily ours. Mm -hmm. Or is not necessarily meant for us to carry, but we do it because it's something that we've been either groomed or molded or scolded to accept.
1: Yep. The self imposed pressure.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think a lot of it has to come down to respectfully and responsibly allocating accountability. Mmm. And when Ooh, you do that...
1: <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it.
0: Because sometimes you have to be... And when you do it, you have to be like, okay, only think, feel, say, speak, or react because of my mother. I only feel, think, speak, react because of my father. Mm. So on and so forth. But you have to be able to step outside of that and realize that you being a person doesn't stop at you being someone's child. That's it. As it begins when you begin to become your own person. That's your it. Own, your own human vessel for the spiritual being that you are housing. Because it's its its own entity that flourishes. Mm-hmm. And the best reference that you can have for that is really when you look at a plant in a pot and its roots outgrow it you have to move to a bigger pot or you have to move to a better environment that is suitable for those roots to not only take, but to grow. Because as above, so below. If the roots are cramped, the plant will be cramped. Mm. But if the roots have space to grow, to branch out to other things, maybe it's something to the left, maybe it's something to the right. Allow that because on the other side is going to reach for something more to the left or something more to
1: the right. Mm, put some poetry snaps right there. I like that. I like that. <laughs> right down that timestamp. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think it, I was touched by the word accountability for a lot of reasons. I think in, you know, psychologists would say that people are not good at establishing boundaries sometimes. And we take on so many different things. We take on, and depending on the nature of the people that we are, whatever our personalities are, some people take on more than others. I think the reason why you must challenge your beliefs, challenge, what you, challenge yourself to what you currently know, something that you said is very pivotal, and I really want the message to be driven home about accountability because we take on fights that are not ours for so long, we clean up messes that aren't ours to clean for so long. And we do this, and you see this so often with people when it comes to friendships and relationships a lot. If you listen to the first episode that we had together, it was about claiming your baggage. And to extend a a a, a gem from that, you have to not only claim your baggage, but you have to be accountable that you are the one who is deficient in a thing. And that is not a bad thing. There is nothing wrong with being deficient in an area, missing in something, needing to fix a thing about yourself. And I think cuz introspection is always seen as something where you're just getting into you and 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 seeing all the light that you possess. When in actuality, it's also viewing inside yourself and seeing the darkness that you hold. And sometimes the things that affect you, like your parents, like your friends, and especially I want people, especially people, (laughs) because I think this is an interesting thing that you see amongst the generation, the one previously and the one that we are in, when it comes to the way it comes to the way we make money.
0: Say that. Tell them. Break it down.
1: <laughs> because for me, I believe that we have been perpetuated to believe that this is how we should approach work life and and what we call a job and a career. And and there are certain things that we just should have to deal with certain things you just kind of got to suck up and just go with because you won't get further if you don't. You won't get further if you don't lay down and, you know, kiss a little ass and and literally compromise the fiber of your being to do the very thing that you literally got a degree to do. literally earned the right, not even earned the right, earned the knowledge to be literally the aficionado on a specific thing. And I think it's it baffles me. It always has baffled me, and I think that's what another characteristic of myself that makes me different. I think I came out the womb trying to really trying to see and view people as the beings that they are. I remember being very young and early, mom saying I had an old soul, but I think not only that, I never treated a grown man as if he was something that I needed to treat as if he was the king of Siam or something. Bro, you are there, you are here, and I'm going to respect you the same way. I'm respect the... The, you know, the woman that's with you. I'm not going to give you this additional reverence because you're a man and I'm a young boy. I don't see things like that. But yet, these, this is the country and this is the world that we live in where you have to dial up and dial back the way that you view people, the way that you view things, the way that we approach life in a lot of ways. And when it comes to work, y'all, there's certain things that trips me the hell out. The people that I find so often who stress about the things that occur at their workplace, oh my god, it, it baffles me because why? I won't allow for a thing that I that I, if the building burned down, I would be cool with not going to work and I would not even shed a tear. I would not make a phone call say, like, "Well, I guess I ain't going in today." Why? There's a lot of people who would lose their shit. As a matter of fact, they would not lose their shit, but when they're at work, doing what they're doing, they are taking so much of it home that they're taking so much of it inside them that they're stressing themselves out and that stress that you had before you brought that to your job was always with you that's with you when you leave that's because that's in you and that's why I feel like there's a sense of accountability that has to occur with the choices that you make and the things that you put into yourself and you have to grow your awareness to be able to recognize that this is a thing that's everyone isn't afflicted with this is me though I am really at work stressing. I am really at work really kind of at uneasy. I, I can't just go for a walk. I can't just go for a break real quick. I can't just go, you know, get a little coffee and calm down or go get some tea. Something's wrong. You need to recognize something's wrong. You need to acknowledge that you are deficient in some area and something, and that's cool. That's fine. I, it's too many parents within, generation, within the generation uh, before us, who still to this day are dealing with issues, but they have subsided, they have set them to the side for the sake of what? To raise their children, to sacrifice, but they did not even fathom that there is another way. This wasn't the only option. You didn't have to break your back to do this. Your children were going to see you and love you no matter what because you were there and because we talk about it all so much now. People talking about how they parent, how when they talk about their parents always making it happen. They never knew the difference. I never knew I was broke. Mom never gave us the inkling that we were didn't have because we always felt like we had. You will figure it out. You will have the thing, but sacrificing the growth that you really should be. I hear too often people, parents tell, you know, from my hometown, talk about, like, I was going to do this, I was going to do that, I could have done this, I could have done that. I had children, and I thought, like, well, I can't, I got to give up my life, I got to give up my dreams. And, and to me, that's a belief I can't hold. That's a belief that I, I believe I will be doing a disservice to the humans that I'm trying to bring into this world, or if I, you know, coincid- you know, accidentally bring into this world by, by no plan of my own, I don't want them to see me or meet me as a man who, well, you know, your dad was going to become, you know, this great orator and podcaster and just media person who was out here doing some dope shit. But, you know, I'm just doing what I'm doing now, you know, that, but that was what I was going to do, you know, and that be your claim to fame, the gonna, the, the coulda, the shoulda. And this is why I believe you should challenge the beliefs that you hold, because those may be the very things that are holding you back all I'm saying. But to move on.
0: Throw some snaps right there.
1: <laughs> some snaps right there. Right, okay, I'm right down, down too. Uh, but no, uh, real talk. I think and I think in writing, just kind of talking about this in writing, we had in our initial conversation, we started really diving deeper into kind of, you know, the significance of this year. And within this year, 400 years ago, in 1619, the first uh the first African slaves were brought into Jamestown, Virginia. And I think there's some significance in this. And the reason why I feel like there's a connection to this, to what we're speaking on in this thing, is that there's this thing that I feel like is happening. The reason why this conversation needs to happen is because I believe that people are starting to recognize and, and separate themselves from the the, their barriers the beliefs and truly actualizing their dreams pushing back in a way that people have not been able to push back because the world is way more connected I can I've, I've spoken to I've literally had guests all the way from Lagos Nigeria to uh, Brisbane um, Queensland Australia who have connected with me and been on this show. People who come from two separate parts of diaspora have connected with my, from myself, from, from me, and that's a powerful thing that we have to understand. That for some reason we're being drawn to each other. We're being drawn to each other's music. We've been drawn to each other's food. Yes, the world is ha- the world is doing it. The world is the world is doing all these things, but we're doing it amongst each other, and it's a powerful thing. And there are beliefs and things like that are making it making us feel like we shouldn't do it, making it feel like it's a fake thing or something that we don't have to rush to do. We got to fix things at home. And yeah, we, trust, you can chew gum and walk at the same time. And I would love to know and and lay something on you that may be far-fetched. It might just be, but I wrote it down. And what I wrote down was those ancestors that came over in that boat, I believe... The nature of those people at that time were had an established spirituality, customs, all these things for thousands of years, right? Right. And so if I can just imagine and assume that a majority of these people were very, very, very developed beings. Just gonna assume, right? And that's maybe Agreed. just the rom- romanticization, but I don't really believe in the romanticized versions of what people try to make our ancestors be. And so those individuals got on, a, were forced to be on a boat and travel over the sea. And a lot of them jumped off, as we know, you know, and let these things go. And I thought to myself, I asked this question. If some of them got the low, got, got the kind of like figured out what was exactly about to happen. This was a thing that was not going to be good and, and gave their lives and essentially just gave their lives up in those moments. What about the people who didn't? What about the people who didn't literally just find some way to have some type of assisted suicide on the bottom of them boats? Let's take these chains, wrapping them around each other's necks and see what we all happen and let's all pull at the same time and see what happens. Let's all get ourselves out of this. If we take our, we take ourselves out, we don't give them a chance to. And I think the spiritual connection and all these different things, I wonder, I truly wonder if they had this certain level of intuition that there was something that they needed to stay alive for something they need to see through. And even though it sounds almost heinous because what they were going to was literally perpetual servitude because they literally were in bondage for the rest of their lives. But for some reason they kept surviving. We are the vestiges of these people. And the reason being on this is the universal connection. The reason being that I feel like they had the intuition is what if for some reason their ancestors in the universe was telling them there needs to be a balance on this earth. There needs to be a balance in this world. Prior to the prior to the post-Atlantic slave trade, what was going on in America? What was going on in South America? What was going on in the Caribbean? The mass Genocide of the Tainos, mass genocide of all indigenous people of both Americas, all, all parts of them. We're talking about at least about 96% of them were wiped the fuck out. And these were people who were directly connected to the roots of the motherland, right? So they literally are, literally, if we, if it never, if transatlantic slave trade never happened, they could have literally established themselves. On a country, and Lily could have created this super Europe. The, the The their cousins and Irishmen and Englishmen could have still brought their ass over here. They could have killed off as many Indians as they did. Never involved the Africans, and did what? Just established themselves, spread their ass out. Atlanta would be one of the whitest places in the world. Everywhere else would be just extremely white, and they would have <laughs> damn near. Doubled in size by 10 times, but that's not what they did. And now we're in a place in 2019, 400 years later, where there are conversations and talks about the literal existence of those people, what went through them, reparations and literally the extinction or the literal wiping out on this on this continent of a specific ethnic group. The literal, they're not having that many babies. They're at, you know, this set birth rate. They believe the world is not theirs anymore. And this, that, and the third. There's a paradigm shift happening right now. And it's because we understand history. We, we now know we're in a weird place because we have the internet. We understand history. Here we are. This is the connection. Now, I could be reaching It's, it's, you know, I got a big imagination. Maybe I should write a script about it. But nonetheless, (laughs) I would love to know if you believe that our ancestors were, if they were full people and there was a reason why they just didn't take themselves out. And was it that inner mastery that allowed them to persevere and allow us to still be here?
0: Oh, that's such a, a thick question.
1: Yeah, it was. I, I, I meant for it to be, but I had to get my <laughs> shit off.
0: I know. Um, there's there's no doubt that there is a heightened spirituality that existed amongst the first slaves that entered into our, this beautiful country that we call home.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I... And I render this back to the statement I mentioned about simplicity, right? Mm -hmm. When you get down to the simplicity of life, which is eating, communicating, creativity, you then are able to separate life necessities and life privileges. Now Mm. you're taking a being whom lived a simplistic life of communing with me amongst those in their community, giving, worshiping those that came before them that bestowed them with the knowledge to sustain a simple life. And then they do onto the children of their community to ensure that they still are instilled with those same principles and those same not, you know, necessities and skills to survive. And they're taken by one, an entire different species whom they are not familiar with. Mm -hmm. And then let me even dive, let me even dive deeper with it. When you acknowledge that this particular species was not knowledgeable of said skill sets that they had and they want to They want to benefit off of them without having to actually put in the work for it, which you can see even through society today. There are a lot of black people that are responsible for the coding and the, you know, the technology behind the day to day apps that we use that Mm -hmm. aren't getting credit. Mm -hmm. Take Apple, for instance, you think Mm -hmm. of Apple Steve Jobs immediately, but you're not thinking about the countless amount of black people that are responsible for the coding behind it. Mm -hmm. So then when we take it back to our ancestors. I believe there was a stronger will to continue to there was a more there was a higher responsibility to ensure that the knowledge and the skill sets that they had obtained were passed along as opposed to taking a sacrificial route out of what they were to endure. Yeah, because even imagine if everybody was just like, yeah, man, i fuck this shit. Um, yeah, we going to end this bloodline right here, cuz we will going to call it a day because yep. I'm not about to do this. They got me fucked up. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of our mentalities, as you stated, towards the work life. But if they had those mentalities, then we wouldn't have the luxury of knowing what braids are yep. or how to cook a meal that has so much soul in it, so much mm-hmm. seasoning. Mm. The, the simplistic remedies and the beauty of herbs, we wouldn't know how to go about, you know, your mom, granny used to tell you if something was hurting, something was wrong, what you can go and pull out the pantry and then fix it. Yeah. It wasn't pharmaceutical. So think about how far back that went.
2: Mm.
0: How many people Passed on skill sets that they learned from their grandmothers, who learned from their grandmothers, who learned from their mothers, so on and so forth. There was a heightened sense of responsibility to ensure that if nothing was to continue, the skill sets and their beliefs would have some sense of longevity beyond them. And that's when you have to be able, as I stated, to relinquish that sense of complacency with yourself And understand that you are just one fragment of a universe working in an omniverse. You impact so much more beyond your day-to-day life and your day-to-day choices. There is something that is to precede you. Mm -hmm. And that is what the sole foundation of legacy is. Yep. What do you wish to continue when you are no longer occupying your life in the physical form? Because energy is never created nor destroyed. So it's only reshaped, reformed. So what happens when you continue beyond this physical pain, beyond the days that you are to know as the years in which you become older? What happens beyond that? Well, I'll tell you what happens. It's your legacy that you leave to precede you for those to continue on after you. And I think that's kind of what fueled them. I mean, I, you know, If you spoke to me about, if you have asked me this question a few years ago, I would have been like, yeah, hell yeah. I would have said, fuck that shit. I would have been rebellious. But where I am now, I would have allowed myself to remove my ideology and my thinking from the physical and move solely on my spiritual
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and realize that there is more in the power of my manifestation to accept. That I am going to, and those next to me are going to pray for someone to be reincarnated that is going to have these beliefs, these skill sets, these, this simplicity of spirituality within them to break generational curses and stop the systematic oppression that is to come. Unbeknownst to them that what they were experiencing was just the beginning, Mm -hmm. you know, the, slave, the slavery mentality was to evolve as we evolved, not only as a society, but as a people, and as people that are just meant to be kept from reaching their heightened ability of thinking. But imagine if you think about all the people that come together, all the people that are able to think on a higher frequency, all the people that you attract into your life that have a higher ability to be more able to step aside the bullshit that we encounter day after day. Yeah, They're a part of that manifestation that there is going to be a select amount of human beings from a different stream of bloodlines that is going to be able to live on this legacy. Mm -hmm. And that's why I kind of encourage you to add snaps to what you were detailing about you know, parents and the parents of the last generation and how focused they are on what used to work and how they believe certain things, the things that they did, whether was, was the appropriate sacrifice they had to make when they had children. And it's like, that's not what it could have been. That's not what it should have been, because mm-hmm. there are other people who thought outside of that belief, that ideology that are doing way, way more successful, doing damn near nothing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I probably over answered that question, but I hope that
1: answered no, the question. I, I, over, <laughs> I over asked it. That's why I love you. Um, and to to get, to get to the point, of, to get to the point that I believe to drive this whole thing home, I go to one thing that I was extremely touched by. And, We're fresh out of, you know, Black History Month, which was definitely one of the most, (laughs) I guess, oddly, weirdly eventful (laughs) Black History Months filled with a lot of black faces in the news and for the wrong reasons.
0: It was a month spent highly on doing what they do year round, which was just making fun of the remote existence of being melanated in this country. It's it was terrible. A, it was it was a sheer media shit show. Yeah. It was a sh- it was a shit show. But when yes. we are able to remove ourselves from that heinous fucking publicity stunts, yep. you were still able to see that there was still a sense of dignity kept, people promoting black businesses and you know, you have We Buy Black trying to open the first 100% black supermarket in atlanta that is huge that's amazing especially coming from a city that is trying to be popularized off of a whole different city's existence they're trying to call this the hollywood of the south but Mm -hmm. no first of all it's too tiny for that shit two it's the country it's a lot of country motherfuckers here and Mm -hmm. we ain't for that shit hence a lot of motherfuckers inability to goddamn drive (laughs)
2: <laughs> but they're still
0: trying to to grasp onto that and I think it's kind of beautiful that people are still remaining in that sense of black essence and black magic even beyond a whole mere small fucking month they give us to celebrate that but yeah it was a shit show February was a shit show
1: I agree but I think for me I think uh, it's something that I heard, and that was when I was watching the Oscars, which I wasn't going to really tune into. I was going to just, you know, catch the highlights. You know what I'm saying? Just catch a little highlight of it. You know what I'm saying? Keep it pushing. And it was something that I love. I love Black Panther. I called it that it was going to be something that was going to make waves and truly impact the industry in itself and just culture as a whole because it created a lot of interesting conversations. and I think it will continuously be a very powerhouse of a, of a piece of work, but it was Hannah Beechler who accepted the award for uh, best production design. And not only was you were you proud to you know see her humility in receiving this, her, you know, happy, her happy spirit and all these different things. It was one thing that she said at the end of this speech. And she quoted a wise woman, which I'm just, you know, probably assuming that this was possibly an ancestor or someone who just gave her just beautiful advice. And what she said was, was I did my best and my best was good enough. And for me, I think that's something we all need to start bringing into our life. We sometimes overcomplicate the the things that we possess. We don't want to recognize parts of ourselves. We don't, we ignore our gifts. We don't, we don't, we, don't, we allow for the things that we believe in to keep our mind, body, and souls captured. And stunned to grow past that point. And I believe, I truly, truly believe that everyone holds a specific type of light. Everyone has a specific frequency that they always admit. And I believe to truly, truly, truly push yourself past that point. And this is my final question to you. Now, tell me if you agree or not that you not only have to find that individual light in yourself and know that that thing is shining and, and will only be diminished by you but you also have to lead a life truly truly for yourself and for you for your own self mastery to what the every instinct to literally find what every instinctful thing for you is to be done That is being to create, to express yourself, to love, to, to share. And that very action of that truly tailors the world around you and admits your frequency even stronger to do what? Inspire and build with other people. I would love to know. And I'll let you go. Is... Is it hard to even, is it hard to find that light?
0: I think in the midst of, you know, as I stated, rendering yourself attached to the idea of, you know, complacency and comfort with your growth, you have to be able to, like you said, look past certain boundaries But you also have to allow yourself to be a little less frightened by what it entails. Mm. There comes a lot of times when we might even allow ourselves to come aware or come in tune with things that we know we just naturally do. Mm -hmm. It it can be as simple as finishing people's sentence. It might be the ability to... You might even... Catch yourself saying a lot, damn, that's a deja vu or I've been here before. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It's a lot of things that we are naturally attuned to, you know, experiencing. And then in some notions, we will have a time or an opportunity where it's more heightened and shown in our life. And it could cause a sense of staggering fear. You might find yourself avoiding something that might cause for that to be more heightened or more perpetual in your life. And I think a lot of us have to retain a sense of fear to coming in tune with it and really seeing it for what it is. Because I, too, was someone that kept myself from walking through several doors just out of a sense of. Repellent for what I might find on the other side of it? Or how long will this door be open? How long am I to experience said phenomenon? Like, what the fuck am I about to get myself into? But when you remove yourself from that sense of inability to accept what it is for what it's supposed to be,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's when you will drive a more profound sense of living and being able to not only operate your life in light of what is to come for you and to be of you, but you will also realize that it'll influence everybody else around you to do the same. And I found myself in situations where a lot of people are tuning to me for questions. Sometimes me not even being aware that I have the answer. I'm just speaking and I'm like, damn, I'm not even going to lie to you. I don't know how I knew that, but I knew that message was for you. Mm. And it's important to be able to say that with a sense of confidence and a sense of dignity. Yep. Because there isn't a lot of people that can house the source of a lot of people's fears. Now, notice I said there isn't a lot of people that can house the source of a lot of people's fears. Because a lot of people don't even allow themselves to know that. That's between... Fear and vulnerability, that is seen to be someone's most predominant weakness. Yep. And no one wants to be viewed as weak because once you are viewed as weak, you're penetrable. People are more inclined and acceptable and able to manipulate you. And, you know, we as human beings, we don't like to be taken advantage of or be in a predicament where people do have that advantage on us. Mm Mm-hmm. But once you're able to become more attuned with your light and be able to see the things that you are able to not only contribute to society, but you have the ability to impact society. That's when you start moving in a more inclined direction that is not only in your light, but in light of illuminating the universe in a, in a frequency, in a volume that isn't attained off of facade or imitation. It just has to be fucking natural. Like yeah. you, can't buy, you can't buy this. You can't learn this. It is simply something you are, you've acquired naturally and you have to bring it out yourself. No one else can bring it out of you. And I think it takes a, a very, very high dosage of responsibility to do. And a lot of people have it in them to do it. It's just a matter of, one, not falling into false information or other people's recognition or dialect of it, not being influenced by other people's beliefs, ideology, and followings of it. Because there are some people who do, who are following spirituality as a trend. And they're noticing that it's, it's, it's easy clickbait or it's mm-hmm. easy financial gainings For some people, like, hey, I'll read you for X amount of dollars, and these motherfuckers don't know shit about reading anybody. Mm. They'll throw some cards out at you, try to listen to your body language. They can read your body language off of how you might react if they say something, and they'll just go with the flow. There's a lot of people that can steer you wrong, but that's when people have to have their own ability to separate themselves from education to indoctrinate. And you have to be able to self-educate yourself. We have to unlearn to Because a lot of things that we've been taught about how to go about our day to day life or how to go about our day to day beliefs is written in a format that isn't catered to our our DNA. Let's keep it straight. Mm-hmm. We can we can keep it as as crystal clear as possible. It is not tailored to your DNA. You're not. It doesn't work for you and it isn't going to work for you. And no matter how how. Many times you try to make it work or make it stick, it just isn't going to. And I think that requires in itself its own discipline.
2: Yeah.
0: And it and it, it comes with a lot of deciphering. Yeah. It comes with a lot of commitment to research. And it comes with a, a sole responsibility to protect it by all means. Because don't get it twisted. The more you come in tune with your light, the more people are going to come to it mm. And, and that, is, that's a, that is a real thing. Because people, there are people out here that are leeches. They will suck the damn light out of you out of fear for attaining their own light or fulfilling their own potential. And, it, and then on some other ends, people are going to want to cramp it because they don't want to see you succeed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They don't understand the magnitude in which you were succeeding. You might solely be doing it so that you can have a sense of peace of mind because you just can't, you can't grope or you can't grasp the things that, you are occur- that are occurring in your life. But you know, if you attune to a different sense of spirituality, you'll be fine. You'll be able to sustain what you are enduring. But some people will just see that as you, you shining too hard, you're doing too well. You're acquiring success too easily. I'm going to come and disrupt your shit. Yep. But, it, but that requires, again, a sense of disipl- discipline and a, and a sense of commitment to protect that by all means. And you'll notice that as your light begins to, you know, illuminate, you're going, there are going to be people that you're going to outgrow and it's going to drive you to have a sense of spiritual isolation and it's going to cause you to be alone, but it's only going to teach you to be happy with the person that you are alone with. And that is yourself. When you go home at night, if you don't have a significant other, when you, when you're crying, when you're in the deepest places of your mind, you're alone. There's no one else there with you, but you have to be able to sit with that person and be content with whom they are and who they are going to be and who they are there, provoking you to become and who you are overall trying to aspire to be, that you have to embrace that with no bounds, no barriers, no fears, no set limit in which you are going to achieve it. You just have to allow it to take you in and go with it. And before you know it, it's going to be something that comes effortless. Some, some people may find themselves lost in it because they want to control it, but you have to allow it to occur on its own natural currency and try not to manipulate it to a point where you alter the way it is supposed to impact your life. And that's important, too, because you can acquire something and it not be for you and it can overpower you and it can cause you to either dis, become completely, dis, you know, dismantled or it can push you back further than when than where you started. And that's, a, that's another thing that can cause you to become real stagnant and complacent because you'll feel yourself becoming Overdrawn, And then some people might even find themselves overpouring into other people because they want them to acquire their life, their light, too. But I know for me, the best way to show somebody and the best way to teach somebody is to only lead by example. That's why the whole coin phrase practice, which you preach, is important, because if you're just pouring out this information and you're just hoping people retain it, because it's free or because you're doing it out of the kindness of your heart and you're not doing it. It's null and void. People need to see an example behind the information that they are receiving. That's why people are influential like M. O. K. or Malcolm X, whom are both very controversial topics because they themselves push their own beliefs and their own ideologies. But once you can refrain from Pushing information from an opinionated place, Mm -hmm. but generally from a place that is to empower and better people, Mm -hmm. no matter how they perceive it. Because you can leave it so, so simple and so vague, but it's so empowering. It's 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 packed with way more that is able to be deciphered in their own likings. That's when you're pushing an agenda that is larger than yourself. That's when you're walking in your light, because. It doesn't matter if this does or does not. If my flame doesn't ignite your candle, it's fine. But it will cause you to realize that it does need to be lit. Because you have no no smoke coming from the chimney of your heart. That is causing you to be a warm vessel to receive messages that are destined for you. I believe we all have our own spiritual mailbox that is waiting to be read. But some people haven't allowed themselves to enter the heightened ability to access that. It's like having an email with no Wi-Fi. Turn your Wi-Fi on. (laughs) (laughs) Access that email and read the messages because those messages are there and they're free. It's it's free game. And it's free information all designed to not only make you a better person, but show you how you can break generational curses, how you can attain generational wealth. How you can truly, in this physical world, obtain freedom in however measure it is to be achieved, whether it's financial freedom, whether it's whatever bounds of freedom you wish to achieve, you can achieve that. There is no limit to what you can have because you hold your destiny within your heart, you hold it within your hand. And you hold it within your mind. It's all about how you navigate amongst those three. In a simple form of networking. Networking within yourself. Networking within others. Networking within the universe that you control within this omniverse. That is me, you, whomever is listening to this. Whomever is going to listen to this. Whomever is going, this podcast is going to be passed on. All within... Those reaches, everything that you do within you affects how everything else around us occurs. And I'll leave it on that note.
1: (laughs) I'm with it. I'm with it. We can we can wrap it up. (laughs) We can. I don't even wanna ruin the vibe. But I wanna thank you for coming to me, telling me that this is something that was on your mind that you wanna get out and that you trusted me to have the conversation with yet again. And I think you know. Every time we come together, it was—it's always meant to be. It's always something that we need to get off, and um, and share the people that need it. Um, the last episode about self-love was one that I think impacted so many different people, and still impacting a lot of people. It's still a, a, a fave of a lot of people, and I think it's necessary. Um, the conversations aren't. Meant to ever go over anyone's head, but to truly touch you when you're supposed to touch you, and I think that's the major part about when me and you link. And I think that's the major part about conversations like such. Um, um, please tell all the people yet again how they can keep up with you and all those things that you, any anything that you may want to share.
0: Um. I am currently respectfully sustaining my Instagram now, okay. which is Vtopia, V E I T O P I A. I am still operating my other page, but that's a near hit and miss. Um, I really respond well to, to people reaching out to me. I don't consider myself to be someone that isn't accessible. I answer any questions um, as long as they're respectful. Um, but in the gist, yeah. Anybody that reaches to commune or have host conversations, I am definitely open to it. No one is off limits to this free knowledge. Um, so yeah, follow me or you can reach out to Rodney and ask him to connect you with me. Yes. <laughs> yes <laughs> either yes, either yes. way, if it isn't the same day, it, I will get back to you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But, um. Most definitely. I want to give you give a very great appreciation to you for having me. Um, It's always nice to have a conversation that doesn't leave you drained. You know, you give you get what you give. There's a lot, you know, you can find yourself in a conversation and like, God damn, I am drained from that. You got to meditate drinks. Yeah. You got to drink some tea talk to a few people you're like gosh yeah i need i need to replenish my energy but yeah i do appreciate you for always having me and it's always always an honor and it's always a blessing too
1: always 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 welcome this is home and i would love to thank everyone who heard who've been listening everyone who's been paying attention and everyone who will play this back and share this um, make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts make sure you subscribe on Spotify now on Spotify make sure you also yes also I almost forgot to mention this also on YouTube for the people who like to play these things at work or in other places or just want to play this on your on your TV you can find me on YouTube uh, just go to Life is King on YouTube you can just type in Simply King Podcast you'll find it find a you know you have all the info for to follow v right under this the caption for this episode you can follow me at kings underscore memoirs everywhere and follow the ig page at simply king pod make sure you share this message if you love it with someone else and they do the same tell them to do the same um this has been a good one this has been a great one this is going to be a beautiful year i'm already calling it thank you thank you thank you this is the soulfully conscious podcast for humans simply being humans I'm Rodney Perry, also known as King, and this is Simply
2: King.